0: Resilience. 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 The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Toughness. The ability of a substance or object to spring back into shame. Resilience. This is the Black Resilience Podcast. Where we have real talk about real issues in order to get to real solutions. Get ready for raw and bold conversations about everything that impacts the lives of black people in America. Black people in America. America. Everybody no more
1: sleep.
0: No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much of what it used to be. There's so much hatred,
1: war and poverty. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. We are in 2021. You are listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. I am Edith, the creator and host of the show.
2: I'm Randy, the co-host, and I echo that. Happy New Year to everyone. I hope everyone has a blessed New Year. Good thing that we're out of uh, 2020. For yes, many of us, Lord. For many of us, 2020 <laughs> was, uh, was like hell on earth.
1: Yes, it was. Yes, it was, my friend Randy. But how are you doing? This is the first time I'm seeing you since the New Year. So how was your holiday, my friend? It was great.
2: It was great. Uh, you know, uh, small, um, less family drama. Yeah. Because, uh, you know... Uh, Many times when we have multiple families in there, we get that drama. But this was great Uh, time for us to reconnect um, and just be together. And um, that was one of the benefits of COVID, right? Right. Of the COVID um, crisis. But did you make any
1: New Year's resolutions? Nah. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, no, I'm not. But yeah, my holiday was quiet. Unfortunately, I was not able to go to New Orleans to see my family, to see my mom, really, my mm-hmm. 75-year-old mother. Wow. Um, but I stayed here in Atlanta and just continued to, you know, semi-quarantine. Um, but it was a peaceful and quiet uh, holiday, and I was able to just, you know, reflect on the year and, you know, just think about, you know, how to continue to... Um, go forward and be be productive for this new year but yeah it was a pretty quiet holiday but you know still blessed can't complain
2: I say the same thing I mean for me it gave me a moment of reflection uh, mm-hmm. got, a, got a couple goals I won't say New Year's resolutions I mean to, to be a better person yeah to be a better Christian uh, Good. you know things like that and, and just work to be better and, and be and uh, also work to help others.
1: So good. just We're little great. things like that so what's up for this year well we got a lot planned for black resilience podcast this year randy you know we definitely want to up the ante on our social media okay <laughs> definitely got to do that um first of all just i just want to say thank you to all the listeners and the subscribers and the guests yep and of course our guests um that have supported the show that have come on the show to drop some knowledge Um, I am very grateful, um, and I'm excited, uh, for what God has planned for Black Resilience Podcast for Mm -hmm. 2021. I also want to personally thank you for your time. Thank you, too. You've been a great co-host and I'm so enjoying, um, you know, having you to be a part of this journey and looking forward to much more success for the show. I've gotten a lot of great feedback that everyone loves the content.
2: Well deserved. I mean, you did a great job of putting this together, um. Learned a lot, not only from you, but also from our guests, Mm -hmm. and also from our listeners. So, I, I, you know, I applaud you. I mean, you deserve a standing ovation for this. I wish we had a a clap button on the machine over here. (laughs) I will press. Can get
1: one on there. (laughs) I will
2: will press it. But again, you, you know, this show is well needed. Uh, Mm. As you can as you can tell. Uh, we're, we're doing this show in January and a lot of things have transpired since the last time we've been together oh, and it's, God. and it, and it, and it really lives up to black resilience.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And I just like the fact that, you know, we keep it real on this show, mm-hmm. you know, we speak the real deal and that's what I think make our show unique. That's the mission. And uh, it's just it's it's about real talk and things that really, truly impact the lives of black people. It's we are not going to use this time to just talk about stuff that really doesn't cannot make our lives better as black people in this country. That's
2: right. That's right. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, there are a lot of shows out there um, that kind of whitewash it um, Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of stuff as it happens to us. But this is one of the few shows. Uh, that we really talk about it from a black perspective, not a, not an African-American perspective, oh. but a but a black right. perspective. And I think the fact is that we talk about it from a perspective that that transcends education, mm-hmm. socioeconomic status, mm-hmm. Greek, non-Greek, whatever you want to say. Right. Um, it's about to the core, to the core and heart of what black folks are all about.
1: And that's what it's that. Exactly. And that is definitely what we're going to keep doing in twenty twenty one. So what I wanted to do was dedicate today's show to really uh, talk about the two COVID vaccines that are out. You know, we have the Pfizer vaccine mm-hmm. and then we have the Moderna vaccine. Right. And both of these vaccines have been officially approved by the FDA. Right. And recommended by CDC.
2: Right. Now, remember, there is another vaccine out there over in the UK. Has,
1: yeah, I heard has, about that. It has
2: not been approved yet. Uh, but it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm understanding, its success rate is right now much lower. Oh, really? Yeah, than okay. the Moderna and the and Pfizer. The, okay. But, okay. you know, that, that one's still under progress. But let's I agree with you. Let's talk about the ones that are happening now because, um, you know, as we speak, over 370,000 people have passed. I know. And each day, yeah. a new record. So, a new depressing. record in terms of new cases, mm-hmm. but more importantly, in deaths. And, deaths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how we have gone so quickly in cases in a matter of weeks, yeah. where it took us months to get to like a million cases.
1: Yeah. And that's because people, you know, did not, you know, continue to quarantine and use the necessary safety precautions. You know, a lot of people still traveled all the, over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hey, it's your choice. But again, you have to take into consideration, you know, the risk that you're putting to other people.
2: Right. Um, and, and a lot of bad information. Yeah. A lot of misinformation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, a lot of people have gotten what they call quarantine fatigued.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And they're lowering, they're, they're lowering their guard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why I wanted us to really talk about these two vaccines is because, let's face it, I mean, again, this is real talk. Black people do not have the best experience with vaccines in this country. And it's because of the abuse and racist medical practices that has happened in the past to black people. So we have every right to be apprehensive about taking a freaking vaccine. And we don't need to be, we don't need to apologize for that. So, you know, when I hear black folk or when I hear other people say, "Well, you know, black people are just tripping," you know, it's no, nothing is wrong with the vaccines. They don't have our history. When I hear non-black people speak like this, they don't have our history, and let's not even, you know, go back and talking about the Tuskegee, the syphilis experiment. I'm, you know, do your homework.
2: Well, this whole COVID has shown the cracks in the healthcare system in terms of uh, the racist uh, and the uh, biased. Uh, practices yes uh in terms of what we're noticing right now
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you don't have to have a vaccine to see this right um uh, you know unfortunately the the, the the proportion of the deaths that are hurting african-americans and people of color is just uh, outstanding right. right compared to non, non- non-black non-blacks mm-hmm. and then the way they are treated yeah when they are given an opportunity to visit a healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. So I, I do agree with you. I, I, I think that um, uh, until you are in our shoes, mm-hmm. you could shut up.
1: Right, exactly. But we're going to use this platform to educate our black people about, you know, what these two vaccines are and then leave it up to you all. I'm not saying, let me make myself clear. I am not advocating that you know, you know, that black people should not take the vaccine. I won't take it, but I'm not going to advocate on your behalf to say, hey, you shouldn't do this. No, what I am saying is that you need to be educated about the two vaccines and make your own decision. But you have every right to be apprehensive about taking a vaccine because of the history of black folk and vaccines in this country. So do not apologize for being apprehensive about you know, taking the vaccine. So let's just get right into it. Okay. So we already know that, um, the Pfizer vaccine came out first, right? With the Pfizer vaccine, we know that it includes two shots
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and they have to be 21 days apart. Right. And they're saying that people 16 years and older can take it. Right. That's the Pfizer vaccine. Now, who shouldn't take it? It pretty much depends if you have severe allergic reactions. So if you have any type of severe allergic reactions, you should you should consult with your physician first. But typically, if you don't have any allergic reactions to like penicillin or any type of um, an antibiotic or some antibiotic, mm-hmm. um, you pretty much can take it. But it. Like I said, it's for it's it entails two shots and they have to be 21 days apart. OK. Now let's talk about Moderna. Moderna also includes two shots, but these shots have to be taken 28 days apart.
2: So about a week difference. About a week difference.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. But Moderna, if you are 18 years or older, you can take Moderna with, with the Pfizer is 16 years or older. Mm-hmm. But Moderna starts at 18. And again, if you have any allergic reactions to any type of medications, you should consult with your physician first before you take the Moderna as well. Right. So as far as... And that's with any vaccine. Right. So as far as, the, I guess, the um, the cons, pros and cons, they're pretty much the same. We won't really know what the true aftermath would be with these vaccines until I would say after the second shot, six up to six months to a year after you've taken the second shot. Mm-hmm. So it's too early to say. You know what the major aftermath would be would be from taking um, either vaccine.
2: Right, I would say for anyone. Regardless of whether you're going to take it or not take it, do your research.
1: Exactly. And I think that's the most important thing. But if you have pre-existing conditions, you really do need to go another step further in consulting with your physician. Because physician, there may be where you cannot take either
2: right. vaccine. Because many of you, uh, and particularly in our community, many of us uh, are multiple medications right and these medications a lot of times have uh, harmful side effects mm-hmm. and, the, and these side effects unfortunately can lead to death right or even more serious serious illnesses so i would encourage all of you uh before you stand in line particularly if you're on if you're on some type of medical regimen mm-hmm. talk to your doctor find out how your meds may impact or work with these two vaccines right here like for example you mentioned allergies I have one allergy right now that that, that I, I'm allergic to penicillin. I am too. So, so I I have to really have a conversation with someone. I just can't go stand in line and, and, and roll my sleeve up.
1: Right, right. And that's why I said. And I think you know, for some black people out there that are really not on top of things as far as they their health care, their you know, the illnesses, whatever pre existing conditions they have they may need to really consult with a physician first, to, you know, to do a whole history on all their medical issues because what I would hate is for a lot of our people, especially, you know, a lot of black people that come from the low income communities that are not, you know, and don't have a healthcare home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. to, To just ask questions and if you're not sure, don't just be so quick to say, okay, I just need the vaccine because they may be one of those persons that might be allergic to penicillin and not know it. Right, right. So that's what I'm, that's the point I'm really trying to make here.
2: If you are in the public health system uh, because you don't have a private physician, uh, please go to the public health authorities Mm -hmm. for your vaccine. Right. Because they should have your records. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Uh, if you are unsure, please be not bashful about telling them all your ailments and all your issues and your family history. Right. If you have someone in your family that has diabetes or heart disease, things that can be traits that can be passed along.
1: Let Mm -hmm. them know.
2: Right. Let them know. The more edgy, the more information you cannot give them enough information.
1: Exactly. That's key. So, yeah. So just know your medical history or have some knowledge of your medical history and just ask, ask the right questions because we don't know enough, and this is my opinion, we don't know enough about either one of these vaccines for people to just be going into it blindly, and then two, three years from now, you know, it causes, you know, this side effect or uh, birth defects. You know, I'm just using an example, like if a pregnant woman has the vaccine, and then two years later, you know, oh, it's, you just don't know. We don't know enough. They came too quick, in my opinion, and I just don't think there's been enough research, and, you know, for me, I mean, I am not the type of person that, uh, my health is the utmost important. Outside of my spiritual walk with God, uh, my health is the second most important thing to me, so I'm not, one of those individuals, Randy, that just because I see Joe Biden taking the vaccine or my wonderful, sharp, Sarah Kamala Harris, vice president elect, because she hasn't been initially, it's not January 20th yet. I mean, that's great that they went on national television to take the vaccine, but that's not enough to convince me that I should take it. Right, But well- that's just my position
2: well, yeah. I mean, you know, everyone has their own thing. I mean, you know, like um, just because a celebrity endorses a product doesn't mean it's the right product,
1: for right. You. right? Right
2: product for you. Um, I myself will probably take the vaccine. Okay. Um, uh, I come from a, a healthcare family, so I, I kind of know some of this, some some things okay. about it. But at the same time, now I-
1: which one? You say you would take it. Which one would you take?
2: Uh, I have to do a little more research. Uh, my wife is already taking it because she works for a healthcare organization. Right, which one did she, she take? She took the Pfizer. She took. Uh, she's about to take. Her uh, second two, shot. Second shot, probably the next week or so. Okay. And so uh, she had to go through a battery. She had to go through a battery of questions on a mm-hmm. questionnaire mm-hmm. Uh, for that. And so um, and I have another daughter who's just recently entered the healthcare community, and so she's trying to. Determine what she's going to do, mm-hmm. uh, which one she's going to take. But um, again, I encourage everyone to do their own research because at the end of the day, it's your decision. It's your decision. And it that's
1: what we want people to walk away from this show. Today's show, knowing that it is ultimately your decision.
2: Right, right. And, and, and you know, and I want people to understand that. Um, some of you guys might feel pressured to take it. According to the law an employer cannot mandate that you take the vaccine. Right. Okay. It's not to that point yet. Right. But trust me, it will get to that point in a matter of months. Okay. But for right now, if you don't want to take the vaccine, an employer cannot do anything punitive towards you. Right. Right. Uh, It might occur in a healthcare organization. Uh, where you're facing patients, interfacing with patients, you might have to you might have to be required to take it. Mm-hmm. So again, make sure you understand what your rights are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in this process. Um, like, I'm not going to tell people to take it, even though I'm going to take it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell people not to take it, right? Because at the end of the day, you got to live with yourself,
1: right. exactly. And you know, for me, one of the reasons why I say I'm not going to take it is because, I mean. The only way I would actually take it if I am on my deathbed and they say, the only way you're going to live is if you have to take this vaccine. Um, But for me, I don't even take the flu vaccine. See, I do. And let me tell you why I don't take the flu vaccine, because I took it 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and it made me sick. And that was my first time taking it ever. And I took it because everybody said, oh, you have to take it. You have to take it. I was like, okay, I'll take it. So I took it 20 years ago and I was sick as a dog. I got sick from the vaccine. Okay, And ever since then I hadn't taken it. I said, I'm not going to ever take it again because it made me so sick. It gave me the flu and that's why I didn't take it. So, and thankfully, you know, since then I have not had the flu and I have not taken that vaccine in 20 years. Uh, So for me, that is my issue with vaccines. So like I said, I was perfectly healthy and I went in t- <laughs> to take the flu vaccine and then turn around.
2: So, so now I've had the opposite. Yeah. I, I had a positive reaction to it. Good. And that's good. And I've never had, a, I've never had a problem. I, I take it all the time. Okay. So, um, But at the same time, though, uh, everybody's
1: body's different,
2: everybody's body's different. That's right. That's one of the beautiful things that God did. He made all us different. That's right.
1: So, yeah. So let's talk now about um, the priority phases of the vaccines. Right. You know, they have three priority stages of the vaccine. They have the one a priority phase, which is all your health professionals. Mm They are the first to be able to. Take and and with and
2: within that, because my wife is in this in this category right there, so she's in in the but, one. Even with that, there's there's a ranking. Oh, I'm sure there's a ranking. Doctors. So basically, people who are nurses inter- interfacing with patients daily, it, mm-hmm. daily get first priority. And since my wife is, she doesn't re- interface with patients. She's on the tail end of it, right? But she does interface with healthcare professionals, though. So who, she's
1: still in that that phase one category.
2: She's in phase one, but in phase one, there's like fifteen different.
1: Mm-hmm. categories and she's mm-hmm. like near
2: the end um yeah so healthcare workers a lot of people don't understand that includes the the the, uh, the orderlies uh the the, the people who, who do the sanitation mm-hmm. janitorial stuff mm-hmm. um the food service because right. again they interact with both patients and uh healthcare professionals
1: right and then we have phase b
2: well we forgot i mean we've got long-term care residents we forgot got yeah to mention that's what i that. said yeah okay. that's phase
1: one yeah that's the that's along with the uh doctors and um nurses, and then you have your long term long term health uh, care healthcare professionals and people that are in those facilities.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's like, what that includes. Like assistant living homes yes, and that like type assistant
1: of- living homes and all of that. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. And then the next, the next stage of priority is of course your other uh non healthcare essential workers which would be your firefighters, your educators, your food and agriculture people, people, correctional workers in those types of uh, professions.
2: Right. Whatever who they deemed as, as essential workers. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you got food service. You can yeah, get food service. and it said
1: food service in there. Right, too. But yeah. also,
2: too, what, what I'm realizing is that even though these are prioritizations, they're kind of like a recommendation because if you notice, the states across the country are –
1: setting up their own prioritization within, levels. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely.
2: So they're so so this is just more like guidelines than anything mm-hmm,
1: else. Mhm. But most states have adopted these guidelines. because I know right. Georgia has cuz I read last night. Right. And then you have the third prioritization stage which is like you're 65 and older and then any adults that have pre-existing conditions.
2: Right. 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 So right now the way this thing is going is it um Unfortunately, it has not been a smooth uh, distribution.
1: No, uh,
2: of the drug, uh, and we know why.
1: Right, exactly.
2: And so uh, that's a that's a challenge right there. So uh, we do know that President elect Biden has has publicly stated that he's trying to get a hundred million uh, vaccinations done mm-hmm. by a certain date. Mm-hmm. Um, we will see. It's going to be challenging.
1: But my thing is, how do we really know what's in the vaccine? I mean, they say this, but is it really that? I mean, and, you know, I'm not this major conspiracy theorist, but I'm just, you know, I'm just basing this on, like I said, the historical abuse of what has happened as it relates to black people and vaccines. Um,
2: Well, you could say that over-over-counter the stuff, too, now. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I I don't
1: take over-the-counter medicine.
2: I mean, mean, you know, you go into the store. I said, I'm all about the natural
1: herbs and all of that that's just me I'm I'm, my ginger I'm my turmeric you know I'm my elderberry I don't do a lot of over-the-counter stuff
2: right but I mean you know
1: I'll just do a leave and that's it and that's every now and then you know after I've worked myself to death on the treadmill and I get a little aches but for the most part I am all about natural natural Herbs and teas and things like that, but that's just me. Right, and also
2: too, I mean, let's be quite honest some some of us live in communities where we don't have access to that stuff, mm-hmm. and so we have to uh, rely upon uh, the healthcare healthcare professionals, the information that we receive. Right, and also we do have to go in and use over the counter stuff, even mm-hmm. though we never question what's in over the counter stuff. Many of us,
1: yeah, uh, that's have, true. We
2: have a headache, we take Tylenol, aspirin. Right. Right. And so we, we never think about the side effects associated with that. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to build argument. Why to take it? Because I don't, because that's not my
1: role. Right. That's, we just want to educate the listeners. Um, and they can make their own decision. What we also going to do is at some point as a part of this particular, um, series is to have one of the physicians come and speak, um, His name is Dr. Frank Jones, and he is the president of the Atlanta Medical Association. Right. And uh, that is an association of black physicians that uh, support each other in their profession. They've been around for a very long time, but also uh, educate and uh, advocate and uh, pretty much do outreach to educate the black community about um, what's going on in the medical world as it relates to healthcare. So one of the things that they did was they hosted a zoom call to educate people about black people, particularly about, you know, these two vaccines and whether or not it's safe to take them. And I think I will, you know, we're going to have him on the show to really speak from a medical perspective on um, that particular subject and to educate black people about these two vaccines. So I am really looking forward to having him and he will be coming on um, for our next uh, series as we continue to speak about the two vaccines. Right.
2: Right. I mean, I think that's very, I think that's vital right there uh, to hear from a a black physician, particularly uh, a physician that has a high uh, black uh, patient base Mm -hmm. so that they can actually talk about what they've seen and what they know about the vaccine Mm -hmm. and, and for them to put on the table, uh, any issues or concerns or observations they've made in the treatment of their patients with this vaccine. Right. And I think that's another added data point for our listeners out there. So Mm -hmm. help help them make a decision. Right. Um, You know, if, if you can't wait to the next show, uh, I would encourage you to start calling up your doctor.
1: Right. And that's so, right.
2: So to, to get, to get the ball rolling, because you really need to understand what this is about for you. But, mm-hmm. um, cause I know you heard some of the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately I, I, I was not around to hear the call. It was a
1: very good call. And they answered a lot of questions that I think we all have about, you know, less, you know, how come, you know, these vaccines have come up so quickly you know a lot of people are questioning the quickness of it when we still haven't found a cure for cancer
2: right well you know. so I
1: just think those were legitimate questions and he's going to dig into you know that because those are a lot of questions that are on a lot of black people's minds mm-hmm. and they came up during that zoom call and they answered all of them so that's why I wanted him to come on the show to talk a little bit more about that
2: well, you know one of the thing, one of the you know one of the things this whole process has shown to me is in the healthcare system as it relates to new products as it relates to drugs, there's a big crack in there and that crack is just called making money mm-hmm. and, and that's
1: why I think one of the reasons why it came about so quickly because it's all about the dollar. It's about the dollar
2: but also too what it shows is that we still haven't found a cure for the common cold. Okay, and the reason why we ha- we haven't found a cure for the common cold is because... It makes a lot of money. That's right. Why, why would you find a cure? Okay, because then what happens is you won't be taking all that that, that cold medicine mm-hmm. every year and that flu medicine. The amount that,
1: of money they make yeah, off of over-the-counter
2: right. Where medication for cold
1: pro- and flu. And
2: right, this process, it's what they showed you with this warp speed is that, hey, they could shorten the product life cycle of certain of certain drugs. And get them out there and we can come back and kill these drugs. Now, now, you know, like certain, there are certain diseases out there, quite honestly, we need to come to, we need to come to grips with some of them are lifestyle related mm-hmm. diseases. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we can't expect, right. we can't expect a, a cure for those. Right. Uh, what you have to do is modify your lifestyle.
1: Exactly.
2: I mean, just like you eat, if I know you are, uh, if our listeners vegan. don't know, she's a vegan. Okay she modified her lifestyle and and based on her modifications she has a healthy lifestyle. I have a sister who's who's um, who's overweight and she has diabetes and she became a vegan. She modified her lifestyle. Wow. And so now her 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 um insulins, uh, has dropped dramatically. Her oh, usage that's of insulin. Awesome. And that is again utilizing lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Okay? So um so many of us need to understand that but, again, it shows that, hey, if they really want to go after something, they can do it. Yeah, absolutely. They can really do it. And, and, and I, you know, I'm just, like I said, they haven't found a cure for the common cold. But when you go into the grocery store or the or the pharmacy, most of the shelf there is about common cold yeah. and headaches. Yeah. So there's some stuff there that they can actually just put a nail, put a nail in the coffin on the common cold if they really want to go after
1: it. Right, right. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break, Randy, but when we come back, I want to talk about this herd immunity. Okay. Let's dig into that when we come back. So stay tuned. We'll be right back, you guys.
0: You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk. (coughs) Real issues. Real solutions.
1: Okay, welcome back, everyone. Let's talk about herd immunity, Randy. That's a new terminology... Yeah, it's they're a- using with this, this COVID, uh, right. the vaccine. Um, and I want to educate our listeners what that really is about. Yeah, talk to them, because when the, when
2: the pandemic first occur, occurred, there were certain countries around the world, particularly the, the, the Icelandic countries like Sweden and Norway or something like that. They were talking about herd immunity back in May. We were not really talking about it here in the United States. But now it has become an even much, much more greater topic. So first of all, you tell us, what is herd immunity?
1: Well, what herd immunity is? Well, one of the reasons why they want to make sure all the black people, because we're the ones who are most apprehensive about taking the virus. So what they want to do is black and brown people is to make sure that uh, we take the virus, because what they're trying to do is achieve herd immunity. And what herd immunity is, is that is when, Uh, a large percentage of the people in the population are immune from the virus. Okay. And then you have another small percentage of people who may still be infected, but they cannot infect other people because they're immune from it. Gotcha. And ultimately what that leads to is that the whole epidemic epidemic, just burns out. Gotcha. Because it's not, you can't transmit it. The infected people can no longer transmit it because the other percentage of the population is immune from it.
2: Okay. So that sounds great on paper. That sounds great on paper. Are, do you know of any examples where this has actually happened?
1: I think, what, was it with the uh, smallpox or something? Smallpox? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. When everybody eventually took it like measles and smallpox, when people took it, they can't you can't spread it. Gotcha. So that eventually it went away or the epidemic. Right. Just burned out. Right. So that's pretty much what herd immunity means. So they're saying if everybody takes the vaccine and then if only a small percentage of people are infected, they no longer can transmit it. Because everybody else is immune.
2: So let me ask you this: So, in the United States, we have what, about 350 million people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, do you have an under an idea of what percentage of the population would have to be vaccinated or whatever so that so that you know, the, like you said, not everyone is going to be vaccinated, right? So that means there's a there's going to be a small per- po- a smaller population. We don't know how large or how small. Going to still be infected. They're still going to be infected, but Who- they
1: won't be able to transmit it, right? What right. herd immunity, if we right. achieve herd immunity. Okay. So I get it. It makes sense. And like I said, we've gotten rid of smallpox and measles and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, my question is not the issue. My issue, I should say, it's not about the herd immunity. My issue is about how safe the vaccine is. Right. Because I have no problem with being vac- vaccinated. My issue is that what do we do we know enough so I know that after I'm vaccinated a year or two later, you know, I'm not having all these side effects or 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 they're not they don't cause birth defects or whatever. I'm just saying that's my main concern. I personally don't think we've done enough because you know when this first when this COVID thing first happened last March all the medical experts were saying there's no way in the world we can come up with a vaccine in nine months this is the typical time period because it has to be tested and retested and retested and then all of a sudden we have a vaccine not one but two and one is by one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in this country i.e. Pfizer mm-hmm. so That is what my biggest issue is with the vaccines, is that they came about so freaking quickly. And I'm just saying... Well, they
2: did come about... I agree. They came about quickly, but I think what what it did was it gave an opportunity for the healthcare system to really reevaluate the new product process, because there were some holes in it. And I think, from what I heard, they haven't cut any corners. Okay. They haven't cut any corners. I mean, again, that's what I heard. Uh, I have, you know, I I wasn't there. Right. They haven't cut any corners. Uh, They followed the FDA's plans, Mm -hmm. but they did it at a very rapid rate. Now, to your point, we don't know some of the long-term effects associated due to this new product development process. Right.
1: Okay. It's so, rapid. Right. We, we, <laughs> product we, we, development we, process. We don't know.
2: But again, rapid product development, we, we do it in other we do it in other fields too. It's just that the healthcare field has decided for years because they wanted to make money. I used to be in healthcare. They wanted to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you drag that out, you drag that R&D out, boy, and you you add that into the price mm-hmm. of the drugs. That's why a lot of the drugs are so expensive because of the healthcare cost. I mean, the R&D costs. But you know, um but again, we had a pandemic. It was an emergency. It was an emergency. People were dying. So so you got to do, so, do something. I mean, you don't have many choices.
1: Yeah, I get it, Randy. But, you know, another layer to this is the fact that there are several strands of this COVID virus. There are several strands. Right. So who's to say that if you take the vaccine, you may be immune from this particular strand? But that might not prevent you from getting another strain of COVID. Well, yeah, I mean,
2: you have that. I mean, you have that with the flu.
1: And I think there are multiple strands of COVID out there right now.
2: Ain't no think it is.
1: So, because I know a lot of people that have had the virus and you know, their symptoms were completely different, but they, they still was tested positive for it. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, some people didn't survive it, and then others bounced back within two days. Right. And
2: they're still learning. So there's
1: several strains in the body and I know, it's it's like I said, that's, that is why I'm so concerned. But again, the decision is an individual decision everybody has to make.
2: Right. And also, too, you know, the medication they have right now, the vaccines, are based upon the most common strand, okay?
1: But who's to say what is the most common strand? The most
2: common strand that they know of at this time. Okay. Okay? Uh, We Like we said, there are new strands popping up.
1: Yeah, like in the U.K. No,
2: no. (laughs) Well, it's it's, it's already here in the United States. Yeah, and it's already in the United United States. States, So I'm not even worried about the U.K. It's already here. Um, So that's going to require some more R&D, just like the flu, the flu medication, the flu vaccine. Uh, I remember several years ago, there was another strand of the flu that was driving havoc in our Mm community. So this is not nothing new. This happens all the time. I just think that what's happened is because we as a country have been so focused on this pandemic, we're seeing things that historically we probably never really paid that much attention to.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, like this herd immunity thing, this is this is
1: huge. It is. And that's why I wanted to educate our listeners about it, just in case they wasn't completely aware. Right. Of right. and see another what's mi- going on. And in another in thing that is area. I want people
2: to understand is you can still with the vaccine there are examples of people who still got COVID. But what happened was though they they, they will not be able to infect others.
1: They and they can get it again.
2: They can get it again. So, That's the
1: other, uh, right.
2: yeah, that, before misconception. The va- before the oh, vaccine, oh, I can't,
1: ha- I can't get it anymore. I had it. No, no, no. It's several strains to this right.
2: And they, evil. And thing. they have examples <laughs> of people who have gotten it for the second time. And then we haven't still talked about the other aspect of COVID, and that is the post-COVID long-term effects.
1: Effects. Okay. We, yeah.
2: Uh, there are people now who are saying that this it is worse than having COVID itself because it's like a lingering illness that's constantly happening. And then also too, we have to understand that this vaccine is not going to address all the needs and all the issues out there. And then for many of us, we're going to get into another fight outside of the vaccine and outside of another strand. That's dealing with your insurance company.
1: Yeah, that's what I was about to talk about. Now, next the the medical. Yeah. Uh, expenses and you know right we, we already have we we already don't have the best health care system in this country right and just to know how you know health care providers can an insurance monetize right. on this it's just ridiculous monetize to think it about
2: and also deny you deny yeah. you coverage yeah but,
1: but still make money
2: right you know it, you know uh right now there's a big debate whether or not this is going to be considered a pre-existing condition oh wow okay so if it's a pre-existing conditions, wow, guess what? Insurance companies might have, the, might have the opportunity, opens up a door for them to deny you coverage on certain things. Wow. So this is, I mean, you know, this is really bigger than what people think it is. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of individuals out there, a lot of organizations are directing your attention elsewhere so that you won't be aware of all the other stuff that is occurring as right. it relates to this. Right.
1: Yeah. So, um, we're going to just pause until the next show when we have Dr. Frank Jones on board to talk about, and we'll know more than, and we'll know more than exactly. But what we wanted to do today was just to give our listeners some food for thought, some food for thought, um, and some, you know, go and do your own research. You now, know, let this be the catalyst for you to start doing your research. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's a lot to unpack here. And again, you know, this pandemic is not going anywhere. You know, we're in 2021. And like you mentioned at the top of the show, we still have a lot of people dying. That's right. Um, And. Um, and we're gonna you know, see
2: more waves because of what happened with Christmas and New Year's, right. and also too, uh, this past week we had that super spread event in D.C. Oh, uh, see that. Let's was a,
1: not even talk about that. That's another that's,
2: super spread event right there. So,
1: oh uh, yeah, and that's another show too. Got to get, got to dig into that as well. But yeah, so you know, take what we've shared with you all today. Do your own research, and um, you know. Come back for the next series. Tune in when we'll have uh, medical experts on to speak more about these two vaccines. But thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Don't forget to please subscribe.
2: Please, please, please. Subscribe, share, and like.
1: Yes, yes. We are on all the social media platforms, uh, Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And then we're on all the podcast platforms. Anchor. Mm Mm-hmm. Google, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, our website is blackresiliencepod.com. That's right. Blackresiliencepod.com. Please support the show. And, like I said, you can always save this in your library and your favorites and go back and listen to some of the shows. We have some really good content. Um, and again, we're going to always keep it real with you all on this show. We're going to give you the real. Because we got to get to the real in order to heal people.
2: That's right. That's right, y'all. You know, this is a show that's about real talk, real issues,
1: real solutions. solutions. Okay, so until next time, stay healthy, stay strong, and stay resilient.
2: Be blessed. Take care.
0: You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast Real talk, real
1: issues, real solutions. Until next time, stay, stay healthy, stay, healthy, stay, stay strong, strong, stay resilient, stay, stay resilient, 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 resilient. 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 <laughs>
0: We're faking, time for faking ahead. With all you teachers, start to teach a new way. They're the ones that suffer, hurt every day. Teach the children, teach the babies, teach the babies, teach the children.